How reluctant are you to be here? Very. Everything's against you in physio. Everything's. I've got to be at the dentist at, at 2.45 today, right? I, I really don't want to be there. But why am I gone? I'm gone because my mum's been taking me since I was every, every six months or whatever it is. I have a habit. I don't have to think about it anymore. I just need to go. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you are listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to the Paul Goff Audio Experience. It is Jake, your content editor and producer here on this amazing Monday here in Celebration, Florida, bringing this episode of the podcast. Today, we'll be doing a staff training session with Paul and Pro Sport Physio over in the UK. Paul visited them for some treatment back in early January. And while he was there, he decided to do a little staff training session, which I'm psyched for because I love when Paul gets mic'd up and does staff trainings for you, and it's also great content for this podcast. In this hour-long podcast, you'll hear Paul start off talking about why you need to ask your patients the right questions so they can get the right answers and feel confident in their treatment. Uh, The pro sports staff has had problems with rebooking because they gave their patients too much choice, which was leading to a lack of certainty. You'll hear Paul address that. And finally, do you always have that one patient that says nothing can be done, but they ended up taking one of your free reports? How can you take care of them still? Why did they take it for a report? Because they think something can be done. Paul addresses that as well and how you can help every single patient that comes into your clinic no matter what. Just give them some certainty and they'll be able to make the right decision. If you like this podcast or you like the books, Paul's three best-selling books for marketing, sales, and hiring. We are doing a giveaway. That's right. We're doing a giveaway for two tickets to one of Paul's next big events. We have New Orleans coming up in the beginning of March. We have LA in July and here in Orlando in November. All you have to do is leave a review either on the podcast or on a book that you bought telling us about your experience and give us a rating. Once you do that, just take a screenshot and email it to me, Jake at Paul Goff, or to Caitlin, Paul at PaulGoff.com, and we will log your review. Uh, if you do both, or if you've read all three books, if you do four entries, you get you get four entries into the giveaway. Uh, this is something we're doing for our valued podcast listeners and book buyers. You do not want to miss out on this again. So if you want two tickets to come to any of Paul's next big events, just do us a little favor. Uh, give us a review on the podcast. Tell us what you like about it. Give us a review on any of the three books or all three books of what you got out of it, and maybe you maybe you'll win. You know, maybe you'll, you'll be the lucky winner to come out to either New Orleans, LA, or here in Orlando and experience the magic that is one of Paul's big seminars. This is something I'm very excited for. Uh, all these podcasts, thousands of podcast listeners around the world. I really hope you guys take advantage of this. Again, just take a screenshot, send it to either me or Caitlin, Jake at Paul Goff or Paul at PaulGoff.com. Can't wait to see you there. Have a great day. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll start. Um, yeah. No. Thanks for having us. It's um, it's amazing. Treatment today is ten out of ten. It's certainly worth coming a uh, hundred miles from Hartlepool to to Huddersfield for. So thanks. Um, 
I do this and I have done it for a long time with my team and I can tell you that it's probably the greatest investment I've ever made is when you just sit with your team and you just start to answer questions. It's ideal if people do have one or two uh, questions for me because I can help you um, in context rather than me just speaking about stuff that may or may not hit the card, but I'll try uh, to hit some, you know, hit some big things that I, uh, that I talk about with my own team. And I do this all over the world. Um, I recently did a trip where I went five clinics in five days, five different cities in America. And it was just the same challenges, no matter where it's at. So I promise you from Hartlepool to New Jersey, to New York, to Orlando, to Miami, nothing changes, nothing at all with the way uh, we need to speak to people, we need to communicate with people. And I think sometimes one of the, uh, one of the fundamental challenges we have with, with patients is that we don't know actually what they want. And the real problem is they don't know what they want. And it, it might be a physical thing that they tell you that they want, but it's nearly always that, that, that something underneath that, that unless you can connect with that or unless you can get to have a conversation about whatever it is underneath the physical thing that they want, you'll never, ever get them on your side. You'll never get them on your side. And I've taught my team for years now to ask the same questions over and over and over and over again. And at first, at first the staff will often push back and they'll say, well, I've asked that, you know, the, Vicky asked it on the phone and they, they told us on the website and why do I have to ask them again in the discovery visit and why do I have to ask the same question again in, in evaluation? And the reason you ask them um, is because the answer always changes. If you ask somebody the same question that you asked them at 9 o'clock this morning, I promise you at 11 o'clock today they will answer it differently. It is just crazy when you realise it. I read a book recently and I, I pointed this out to my staff whenever they push back at any of the things that I, uh, you know, kind of try and teach them. They don't push back, but they just, they just ask questions about it. Um, the guy at Disney, uh, I read the book on, on the guy who runs Disney right now and uh, he's ran it for 17 years. And it's the most successful period of time ever in Disney's history. Because this guy would have done so many good things. And um, I read up on the interview process and he got 16 different interviews, 16 different interviews. So they dragged him in for interview 16 times over a nine month period to give him the job, right? And he said on the 16th interview, they asked him the same questions as they did in the first, the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth and the sixth. In a roundabout way, they asked him the same questions. And all they wanted to know is, are you deviating from what you said in any way in the first interview? Because they understood that it's so easy for somebody to come in and say one thing one day, and then change their mind a week later or have a different opinion. We, this company wanted to know, the thing that you told us at the first interview was so good, but we want to make sure that that's the truth. And at any point you deviate from it, you're like, this is gonna go wrong, right? So Disney's, so in this context, Disney's profit and success was gonna go wrong, whereas in the context of a patient, the outcome's gonna, the outcome's gonna go wrong. And on the 16th interview, he had a triathlon on the morning at seven o'clock in New York, it's a true story. And a triathlon at seven o'clock in the morning and they wanted him in LA at six o'clock on a Sunday night to do this interview, it's gonna last an hour. So they he did the triathlon, so you know, the, the bike part of it. So you had to do three and a half hours on the bike, hide a plane. So they, drove, they flew him from New York to LA, which is the equivalent of you going to Egypt, right? It's the equivalent of flying from Huddersfield to Egypt, right? For a one hour interview to ask him the same questions as they asked him nine months before and he got frustrated he's like why are you dragging me for these you keep asking me the same questions and they're like i know we need to make sure that what you're saying 
is what you is what you truly believe. We can't take the risk that you will change your mind throughout this process, because if you do, the the, the profits of a multi-billion-dollar company are on the line. Now, I've taught for years that you have to ask the same questions over and over and over again. And at any point, if you get bored of asking the same questions, you will lose. You will lose with that patient. And it and it, it, it it's so basic sometimes when you're asking them. What's the problem? What do you value? What are you looking for? What, why are you really here? Can I just ask you again? Let me just confirm, what's the real reason? Because in the beginning, I said to Dave, well, what, why are you here? My hips are sore. Well, what's the real reason here? It's because I'm 38 and I don't want to feel like 60. Like, that's why I'm fucking here. I'm not here because I've got a tight hip. It's because I don't, I don't want to feel 20 years older than I am. And, and the equivalent who's 60 don't want to feel eight or whatever. Like, that's the real reason that in the end, somebody wants to come and see you. So if you're talking to me about a tight hip all the time, you're talking to me about a tight gluteus, gluteus medius or maximus, I'm like, what? Like, I, I, that's not what I want. Like, I don't, I don't want this, this thing loosened off. Dave, I just want to feel 38. Like, I just want to be able to play with my kids and feel young and move and pick them up and get down on the floor with them and actually get back up. Like, that's, that's, that's why I'm here. And if you talk to me about that, as to the reasons you're taking me in the gym, and then you start to say to me, hey, Paul, you know, whatever exercises we were doing in the gym there, it would be so easy for you to make that real for me and go, Paul, what I want you to do is lean forward. Just pretend you're picking one of your kids' toys again. You know, just, just pretend you're leaning down to, to clean the, the, the toy room after you've been playing with three of your kids. Because that's really the problem that I have with the hip. It's when I'm leaning down, it's like, oh, it's like, it's, and I'm picking up these things for the kids. Now I'm thinking, hang on, this guy gets me. This guy completely understands the problem that I've got. Because the NHS, they know that, I, that the national health and the private practice, uh, practice around the corner, they know I've got a tight gluteus medius, right? But they don't know that my real problem is at 38, I want to play with my four-month-old on the floor. And therefore, all of the exercises that you're giving me are designed to help me with that. Because nobody took the time to ask me what, what I was coming in for. What they nearly always ask me is, what pain am I in? What did the doctor say? Where, where is it tight? Oh, yeah, is it tight? Well, that's the insertion of the the rectus femoris that connects us like, well, I don't need to know none of that. I don't need to know none of that stuff. But I do want you to know that my real problem is the, the, the thing that I can't do with my kids. And when you, when you look at that from both sides, which is the business side and the, the patient side, which there has to be an equal respect of both, because if there isn't, the business doesn't exist. If the business doesn't have a healthy respect for the thing that it needs to do, and then the, the, the business doesn't have a healthy respect for what the patient really wants, you get, you get a very average business. It can't be, it can't be both ways. So you have to understand that, that in serving the patient's needs, you're actually fulfilling on the business's needs as well. And the patient's needs are nearly always more than what they'll ever tell you as well. And that's the second point that I'll, I, I, I drill into my team. Anybody who thinks that they can fix somebody in one session or one visit or one thing is living in la-la land. It, it, it's just, I've used this as an example, actually on a, uh, I said, where did I do it? I've had that many, all with my, I must have been with my team last week, where I used an analogy, I told the story of a 29 year old guy, and I said this 29 year old guy goes in and gets his hamstring, he has a hamstring problem, right, 29 year old guy goes in to see a physio, and he gets treatment, he gets two or three sessions on a torn hamstring, because there's lots of blood and it's like tight and various things, so he gets his massage. But what he doesn't do is follow the, um, the, the, the routine. He doesn't follow the exercises. He gets given these exercises, but he doesn't go and do them because nobody does, right? Unless they're guided, unless they're sat with and watched and held accountable for, most people will not do what you ask them to do. Freaks will, but you won't get many freaks coming through, through the doors, right? It, it's just true. 
And if you, if you look at it, um, to give you some real context on it, and without going too deep, most people's happiest phase of their life is when they're at school because they're held accountable. Most people's happiest phase of their life is when they're living with parents because they're held accountable. The thing that they don't want as kids is the thing that they wish they had when they're adults, which is accountability. You, you, in the first 18 years of your life, you'll achieve the most and you'll be the happiest. And it's primarily because you are accountable to teachers and you're accountable to your parents. You leave at 18 year old, nobody holds you accountable and don't take this the wrong way, but most people just literally walk out of school and never achieve anything again. They, they drift and they, they dabble and they do certain things, but they don't really achieve the thing that they set out to achieve, primarily because there's no accountability. And now my point in physio has long been, don't let patients leave. It's got nothing to do with money. If I, let, if I let Mrs. Smith walk out the door and expect that she's gonna go and do her exercises on her own, I'm living in cook, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just kidding myself, is the, is the truth, right? And the only reason that you've ever been taught to let people do that is by and large, because that's what the NHS needs it to happen, because they ain't got the money to do it. So is this about money, or is this about the patients actually getting what they really, really need? So go back to my story of the 29 year old with the, with the hamstring injury, right? I'm giving you the best example I can of how if you don't do what I need you to do, I'm gonna be in a world of hurt, or your patients will be in a world of hurt. So at 29, I come in, I get my treatment, and Dave goes, I've got these wonderful exercises for you, I'm gonna send them to you. And I'm going, do I need to come back? Nope, no, 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 because I don't wanna take any money off you, Dave. Paul, I don't wanna take any money off you. Just go off and do your exercises and let me know if there's a problem. Well, the problem is 10 years later that I've lived now with a hip problem, that I ended up going to see a consultant thinking I needed uh, potential operations because my mother had early arthritis in her hips. And I spent a year thinking, oh shit, have I got early arthritis and have I got these problems in my hips and yada yada. And I'm going and I'm thinking exercises and every single day I'm doing all this stuff on, you know, why is it just not getting any better? And I go see somebody who goes, oh, did you pull your hamstring at any point? I'm like, yeah, like 10 years ago. Well, that's never recovered. Ah, so I'm going, you're telling me that I've lived with this now for probably two or three years of waking up every day feeling like I'm bloody 70 because I didn't get my treatment properly when I was 29. Yep, and I'm a physio. So my point, what chance have your patients got? And at any point, if you think letting them out the door is doing them service, I'm telling you you're wrong, like you are. And I'm the living proof. I've traveled 100 miles a day to come and get treatment on something that I should have finished when I was 29. And if I'd have had a physio, and that the stupid thing is I run a physio clinic, but in my head, in my head I'm too busy for treatment. I'm too busy for it and it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And I can't see the consequences. The what, what went? What went? What goes after, eight or nine, after three or four sessions of massage? The pain. So the pain's gone, right? You, you massage my hamstring three or four times and the pain's gone, great. What's most people's reaction at that point? I'm done, I'm out the door, I don't need your next five sessions. I don't need to go in there with you twice a week because the pain's gone. How many phone calls do you get whether it, I don't need to come in today, the pain's gone, is the point yeah. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. I'm now giving you a real life story of a guy who sat in front of you 10 years on who was here because he did that. Who for the last three years, and, and this is the ironic thing, right? For me to go and get treatment now where I live, I, I, I don't even tell you what it costs to get private physio in the US. $250 a session, right? To go, exactly. So if it weren't for me knowing Dave, right, I'd be scratching around looking for physios, looking for people over there now, like trying to figure out what I need to do. I've got a chiropractor who's in my office, it'll do a bit. But even if I go and see him, it's gonna cost me 10 times what it would have cost me to figure it out properly 10 years ago. And I'd have lived better, I'd have less worried about hips and 
whatever else. So I'm trying to get across to you, often in private practice, you worry about money and you worry about, I don't want, I don't want the patient to think I'm being whatever. I'm telling you, I, I've run it into my staff. It's the best thing you can do for me is give me what I need. If you've got any emotion over money or whatever, you'll cost me in the end and you'll cost me where it really hurts, which is my health. Most people will not have a problem over money. Uh, eight out of 10 are, are not having problems over money. Two, yes, granted two are. But eight out of 10 people are spending more on cigarettes and alcohol than they need to spend with you to fix their health. That's a fact. The, 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 this is again, this is my staff. This came out on our annual planning the other day. One of the staff goes, oh, um, uh, my, you know, she'd start telling me about her, her boyfriend's bad back or leg or whatever. I was like, oh, why don't you just come in? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's like, it's not gonna cost out, right? It's gonna be minimal, right? To, to come in, it's probably even if we charge them, but he's like, oh no, you know, I just, I, I, I don't really wanna do that. And you know, if, what if it costs them? I need to buy this or whatever. I'm like, all right. An hour later, she let slip that he'd, he'd spent, I think it was 175 quid on some shirt. Like, <laughs> swear to God, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm li literally looking at her going, what planet must people live on? That, to have that conversation with me an hour ago about why her, her husband or boyfriend or whatever hasn't done anything about it because it might cost money. Mm -hmm. And then he sticks 175 quid in some designer shirt. That's, I'm, I talk no bull crap anywhere I go. That's the reality of life. And if people accept that, right, and, and in healthcare, the problem we get is interwined into, should people be paying for this and whatever else, just get rid of it. Tell them what they need and let them decide whether or not they want to pay for it. Have no fear, no doubt, nobody will, one idiot will label you as salesy, but he'll be fucking labeling somebody else as something else half an hour later. Like that's the way that that person lives their life. It's nothing to do with you. As such, the best thing you can do for me is at least let me decide and the, and the way that I compromised with my physios, I, I'm not asking you to sell, I'm not asking you to do whatever. I'm just asking you to give me the choice and make me fully aware of the consequences of my inactions. That if instead of you going, let's have two or three sessions and see how this goes, you turn around and go, I've got two options, right? And this is the simplest way to do it. Great, I've got two options for you, Paul. One's the, one's the cheap way and I'll fix your pain, right? If that's what you want. However, there's also a Rolls Royce way. And if you want the best for yourself, which most people do, this is the bit that I recommend. You, you can walk out of here after three or four sessions with a hit that might feel a little easier and looser. But I'm telling you right now, based upon my experience and all the years I've been doing this, all of the study that I've got and had, um, if you don't get the nine sessions and you don't get your ass in this gym every other week, you will have a problem for the next 10 or 15 years. And now what would happen in this country, physios in the, in the NHS would go, but that's scaremongering. And I go, is it? or am I telling the truth? Because I know if you go to the dentist, your dentist looks you in the eye and go, if you don't get that damn thing out, you, the other one will fall out as well. Yes or no? And you, and you get it, right? And, and I would respect my dentist more for going, Paul, if you, you might not want to spend 300 quid on that crown a day, but if you don't, expect your other two to fall out in the next year. And at what point you go, okay, I see the consequence. Therefore, our job becomes to help me understand the consequence of the inaction not worrying about what the money is. Let me, if I'm your patient, let me worry about what the money is. Let me, me worry about, because all I'm gonna do is go home and go, all right, what do I need to give up? For most people, they're just gonna give up something, not buy something, not waste money on something. Stop buying a pair of jeans or spend 20 quid less in Sainsbury's every week on shit that they didn't need anyway, that's probably in the freezer. Like, that's, that's life. It isn't money. It's how they spend it is the, is the issues. And I, I've, I have these conversations with my team regularly. 
usually they call me, oh, I've got no money, I'm in debt, or I need more money. Like, no, you don't. You need to stop spending money, is the, is the, is the truth. Because you spend it on crap that you don't need and you don't even realise you've bloody done it half the time. My staff came over to America. It's like slight side topic, but it emphasises the point. When they come over to the staff, to the office, I watched two of them for two weeks, come to the office every day with Dunkin' Donuts, right? Every day with Dunkin' Donuts in their, in their thing. And then they'd have like chicken wings for dinner, right? Like, so they'd, they'd, they'd like spend, I calculated about 30 to $35 a day between coffee, donuts, chicken wings and whatever other crap they were eating, right? And then they'd go out on a night and they'd like, they'd blow stuff here and they'd buy stuff there. And at the end of it, they're like, oh, I'm, I've spent $1,500 on my credit card. I'm like, well, what have you got to show for it? And then they go, oh, this, this coming to America is expensive. And I'm going, no, it's not. It's not remotely expensive. Your stupid, unconscious decisions buying coffee and donuts and wings for fucking $19.99 for your dinner is expensive. But if you just do what most people do, is go and pick up a salad for $3.99 and have one coffee, it's going to be very different at the end of the month. But the point I'm trying to raise, it, it was never the money. It was their inability to go, I, can't, I, I don't even know what I'm spending here. And it's so important for you to understand that, that concept. And I'd encourage Dave to speak to you about it more. I, I've drilled the team into understanding that, that really money and, you know, in private practice, it's not, the, it's not the problem. The problem is when you stop telling them what they need because you're worried about, oh, they've got no money or you know, blah, 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 or, or they just think I'm, I'm selling to them. I tell you now, I wish somebody sold with me when I was 29. I wouldn't be here today if somebody told me when I was 29. Or I'd had the bloody, even though I knew it, I needed to be told it, that if you don't, this will come back to haunt you. And if you understand that I'm a physio who worked in professional soccer for five years, these days I know nothing. I, I wouldn't even have a clue where any of this stuff, any of this stuff is. But at the time, I was relatively active involved in, in understanding the stuff that he teaches. And even I couldn't get my head. I was in such a space where it won't happen to me, I'll be all right. Just stupid stuff. You know, I, I'm not playing sport anymore, so I won't need to rehab this hamstring as well as you just come up with all sorts of crap to stop doing the thing that you know you need to do, which goes back to my point. In the end, and this is what I've told my team, people are paying us for accountability. They're not paying us to get them better. They're not paying us for, for a massage or stretches or exercises. They're paying you for accountability. And that's the, that's the only thing. There isn't anybody in the world that can be successful without it. So really, when, when you, you know, position your plans of care, you, you're asking people to come back in, yeah, they can go and do this in springs, and they can go and do this with some local fitness instructor that they'll tell you that they've got, but the reality is they won't. They'll screw it up and they'll be worse off for it. Then the worst thing happens is they go, well, I went to Pro Sport Academy and had four sessions, and it didn't get any better. They'll chuck you under the bus. They won't go, well, I went to see Dave and his team, and it was amazing, and he gave me all these brilliant exercises, but I'm a lazy fat sod and I didn't do the exercises. They, they won't do that. But that's the, that's the truth, right? They wouldn't tell everybody in Huddersfield that, that actually is the reality of the situation. They'll chuck you under the bus. And I made a point about six years ago, five, six years ago, that's not happening. If I'm taking money off you, I'm taking money off you to fix the problem. And if you're not gonna let me fix the problem, go somewhere else, because you'll slag somebody else off instead of me. And I'd rather you walk out and go, that was expensive, but it was amazing, than that uh, was all right, but it didn't really do anything. So it's, it's totally up to you. And again, sadly, they don't teach you this, the, 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 they wouldn't, why would they? But this will be the difference between whether or not you become a world-class physio um, who, who really impacts and people love and want to come back and see because there's something different about you that is honest, it's, it's pure, there's integrity there, 
money isn't a factor and the only thing that is a factor is whether or not that patient gets the best possible outcome for themselves. The best thing is all you have to do is give them a choice. Eight out of ten people want the best for themselves. They just don't know how to ask for it. Does that help? Yeah. Never, ever, 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 ever worry about what somebody's thinking about you. It, you will, it, Dave, and on inside out, if you've been employed, you've been employed because you're good people, good values, you're not ripping people off, like that's, that's, not, that's not the case. You just don't get sucked into a crappy system that is the average physio way of doing things. The reason that the average exists, think about it, don't get sucked into that way of, of doing it. You've been taught by and large a system that was designed to save taxpayers money. That's, that's what all of these courses were about. I went through school when I, was, when I was 19, I went to university and I had to study this buzzword, I'll never forget it. The buzzword at the time was patient empowerment. And as I was going for interviews, they were like, oh, you have to talk about patient empowerment. I was like, what the fuck's patient empowerment? Like, oh, it's all about making the, the patient feel as though they're in control and the patient does their own things and the patient does their own exercises. And, and like years later, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So the patient doesn't need to come back. So they're not a burden on the system and it's not going to cost anybody any money. That's patient empowerment. It's just the government's fucking spin on it, basically. It's ridiculous. Let's, I, I ranted about this a while back, patient choice. Let's give patients the choice. What? Let's give them a list of 16 different consultants to go and speak to about their eye problem. Let's, get, let's go and see the GP. What does he do now? Boom, print out. There's seven different consultants I recommend. Which one do I ring? I don't know, ring them all. So what do they do? Nothing. Nothing. They don't know what to do. The reason that they went to the doctor in the first place was, be, was to be told who to go and see next, specifically. That's the reason you went to see the doctor, not to be given the choice. Again, the government in their wisdom, the, 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 the PR, the, the, their spin on all of it is great, but at the real level, it's disastrous. To give patients the choice is disastrous, like at that level. Fair enough, A or B, like fast or super fast, quick or very quick, right? That's the only choice you give them, right or very right. You don't give them a choice of seven specialists all across the Northeast and expect them to ring up. They're gonna literally go, uh, boom, and at that point, they're gonna go, well, I've got this wrong. I bet you I picked the wrong one because that's the way their brain will work. No matter what choice you, if you give them more than two, and if it's anything other than good or very good, fast or very fast, they'll think that they can't possibly get it right and therefore they won't, they won't do it. So you have to be so careful of the way you speak to them and how you understand how patients actually make decisions. Most of them don't, most of them won't do anything. You must guide them, they must feel as though they're in control, but not enough to overwhelm. And if you can get that right somewhere in the middle, people will flock to you, they'll stay with you forever because nobody else makes them feel that confident or certain in their decisions. It's the secret to my businesses. Literally, just, just educate just enough, make them feel empowered, and at that point, they usually, and this is the irony, you'll see it. If you, if you said, um, if a doctor said to you, okay, great, uh, I've got two choices for you. You can see A, a or B, what would be the next question? Which one you gonna Correct, yeah. right? So you do this exactly, right? Now we're going somewhere. So you go back into your treatment room and you go, I've got option A or option B. Right? Option A is this pain relief one or option B is this Rolls Royce option. They'll just go, what do you think I should do? And you're gonna go, now here's it tied back to the questions. You're gonna go, well, based upon the 25 minutes we've been speaking, sounds like you really value your health and it sounds like this thing's really important to you. And if that's what you've told me, I think you should do this. See the difference? All comes back now to your questions. I can confidently look you in the eye and go, You've just told me for 25 minutes, you value your kids, Paul. 
You've got three young kids. I suspect you want to play football with them in your 60s and your 70s. Damn right, do it. I suspect you want to be able to move, go to the gym, with, you know, grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if that's what you want, you need this. But if you just do a clinical on me and go, oh, how's your knee? As you, I just want to, oh, me pain, me pain, me pain. It's about pain relief now. But I didn't want pain relief. I wanted to be able to have the best chance possible in my 60s of playing footy with my kids. Great. Well, you need this. How could, you possibly, how could I accuse you of, of selling to me at this point? How could this get uncomfortable? How could it possibly be anything other than you, you've just asked me, you've told me what you wanted, and I'll give you two choices to, to, to go and get it. It's not possible for any of them to come back. And they'll always, eight out of ten, will favour the best option. De imagine going into the dentist. Well, I can do this with an injection or without an injection. Which one do you want? I'm going to drill this thing, Paul. <laughs> I'm going to drill it, right? I can do it with an injection or I can do it without one. Because if you get the injection, it means a bit more money and you're going to have to stay for 45 minutes. But I can, I can yank it out now if you want. I'll, I'll have that, please. That's, people always want the best, or eight out of 10 people want the best for themselves. The thing that we don't do very well is give them the choice to, to pick it. What, what we've been allowed to do as healthcare practitioners is tell people what they should do, and it don't, it, don't, it don't work. There must be just enough to feel in control. Not choice to overwhelm, just enough to feel as though I'm in control of this situation. And if I feel in control, I'll confidently make the best decision, not the cheapest decision. And everybody wins. So I think on that same note, I think we have an issue at the minute where we get a lot of people rebook and everyone rebooks, but not enough going on to actual plans of treatment. Yeah. And I think we probably give them too much of a choice in terms of pay as you go and pay as you go becomes the more attractive option. I think we need to work on making that, that treatment plan. Yeah. The, the it's a, so, it, I, I, again, I get this all the time, right? Really, what you've got to accept is it's a lack of certainty. They never wanted to pay as you go. They never, ever wanted to do pay as you go. What they felt was a lack of certainty in the outcome. That's it. There's nobody, nobody wants to, to fucking go, all right, I'll see. What they're saying is, I don't trust you and I'll see how this goes. And if I see a bit of improvement, then, then I'll keep coming back. But what they have to feel at the get-go is, great, this guy's unbelievable. I, I just love him. Like, just tell me what to do. Great, I'm with it. I'm, I'm in your care. All right, great, what do I do next? If they don't feel that, it's the, it's the symptom. So not booking a plan of care is a symptom of a lack of certainty. From, from the very beginning, right the way into the treatment room, somebody didn't feel certain about what they were gonna get and therefore they didn't feel confident enough to go, I'm in, just, just give it me. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an eye contact thing, it's a body language thing, it's a belief in yourself thing, usually the, that one. It's that you don't feel confident enough, so it's like, oh, well, I think, and you'll use our word, I promise you, you'll use our word that just derails it. And it's usually, well, I think, or uh, maybe, or uh, it could, right, instead of it fucking will. Here's what we're gonna do. And, and as a patient, I'm desperate for you just to do this. Like, just get, grab hold of me. The minute I sit in that chair, I'm panicking, right? Any one of these who comes in, they're panicking. Uh, uh, internally, they're like, fuck, what's going on here? Like, yeah, yeah, what the hell? What does she do? She, oh, she likes me, right? This is all right so far. Well, the tea was all right. And then they're having the tea, and it's like, oh, shit. Then you walk out, and it's like, well, he looked at... This is going on in their head, right? Which is why when they get in that room with you, they don't hear anything. They don't hear nothing. Literally, all they're doing is thinking shit. Like, this, so far... Not, not too bad, great. And all of the best stuff at the start where you're bamboozling them with all your, like, your data, it's like, it's going in one ear and, and out the other. So even look at those, come on in, how, what's going on? 
like what, what's what's happening what what are you so-and-so tells me you yeah is that is that too great tell me more tell me more tell me more and if you're talking more than them you've lost they've got to they've got to be speaking i know we've asked you this three times questions won't change 100% dedicated to making sure you get what you need. It starts by you telling me what you need. Just put them at ease as fast as possible. If they're not at ease, they're not listening. If they're not listening, they won't buy. Huge. I mean, I don't know if music's normally on in here, but it's the first thing I'd say. Get get something. I blasted my team the other day because I came back in December and fucking take that or something was on, right? Literally, is how granular I am with it. The bloody One Direction or something was playing on, on the speakers that I've put in, spent five grand to put in all around the clinic to create a coffee shop culture. The only thing that should ever be on my playlist in my clinic is Starbucks's playlist, because it's the jazz coffee shop be kind of feel. Why? What do you What do you feel when you go into a coffee shop? Relaxed. Relax. Boom. I'm connecting you straight away by the music. What do you do in a coffee shop? You talk shit in a coffee shop. You gossip <laughs> in a coffee shop. You don't go in a coffee shop. You go in. A, you go in a coffee shop to meet up with a long lost friend and, and gossip. That's all you do, right? Again, a freak like me sits there and reads a book, right? But I'm listening to every conversation going on behind me between two women or two guys or whatever about what happened over Christmas. She's seeing him, he's seeing her. This is going on, right? Great, so I'm just connecting you to the coffee shop with the, with the music. And it sounds stupid, but I'm putting you at ease very, very quickly. Because I know when you walk in there, you need the same music. And it, and it just feels as though you're in a very comfortable, friendly, familiar you know, kind, of, um, kind of place. So you know, little tactical things like that. If I'm, if I'm you, if I'm sat there, I'd love you. If, you. if you're treating the patient in there, you need to know who I am. And if you walk out that door and you go, hi, Paul, been expecting you, right? And then get on here, you've just sent chemical. I'm, I'm now like, I'm, I'm buying from you already. It's the tiniest little thing that I, that I drilled the team on. You need to know who that is. It cannot be, um, are you here to see, you know, even when, when I walk in or if I'm a patient, it's, is it Bill? Bill, we're expecting you. Sit down. How can I, how can I in a be, even better scenario, ask me on the phone whether it's tea or coffee on the phone and it's written down when Bill walks in, Bill, I'll get you that coffee with two sugars. Oh, boom, now I'm familiar. Now I'm a face round here. Now I'm, now I'm famous. Now I feel very, very comfortable. And you walk out and you go, Bill, can't wait to see. I'll be with you in one minute. You know, Bill, come on in. It's like poof, chemicals everywhere. I'm comfortable. I'm familiar. I'm friendly. I'm, I'm, I'm liking you. I'm, I'm now half an hour down the like the, the road and now I'm listening to you and you're going yeah great this is what we're going to do and it's like alright but my decision was made to buy from you from, from this point here so I'd love to tell you that it was some super duper you know magical way of getting people to buy into you but it, it, it isn't it's the confidence in themselves yourself about what you you know what you're about and what you're selling which is why it's important to understand those things you're here not, not, to, not to worry about their money, but I know you all think that. That it's like, oh, I'm being judged for the money and I want to save the money and blah, blah, blah. You're dead in private practice if you even have that, that thought. It's disrespectful. Um, it's, just not, it's just not right to, to, to do it. You're in health. You imagine a cardiac surgeon going, well, I could have I done this thing, but I just, you know, the, the look of you, the car you pulled up in, I just didn't think you'd want to pay for it. Sorry, you're going to die next week. Like that's that's the that's the equivalent. I'm making a prejudgment. I'm making a prejudgment on somebody based upon what. But that, and that's what you've got to think. Your your prejudgments are ultimately guiding the way you speak, the way you look at people, the way you you tell them what they need, and so on. 
based upon uh, upon what you know, a guy who sits there in a suit, you might think, well, this guy's got some money, he's gonna he's gonna have six sessions. But oh, this guy who sits with his baseball cap on and his trainers, it's like, well, he ain't got any money. So you know, like he, that subconsciously goes on in your head, and it's so wrong. It's so so disrespectful, and I'd encourage you to think it that way. The the way to change your behaviour on it is to change the way you, you you believe it. You're not serving them there. You're being disrespectful. You're being disrespectful. If I walked in here, I'd walk in literally with a cap on me train and I'd look scuffy as shit. Like that's that's the way I am. Don't mean I couldn't just fucking hand my credit card over and go, yeah, I want I want a year's worth of treatment. It, that's just the way I choose to, to live and be and you know, I don't give a shit about money or clothes or watches or anything flash that you might have a judgment on me. But it doesn't mean I couldn't afford the thing that I want. And it doesn't mean even if I couldn't afford it, that I wouldn't change something else in my life to get what I what I what I wanted. So you can't. It's so disrespectful to people to make a, a, a judgment on them. What about Jill, the biggest objection you have on the phone at the moment? Um, I suppose cost is one of them. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about like, with arthritis, I started asking you earlier, didn't I? But things like, they're not going to go, are they? Do you know what I mean? So they want you to know like what we can do for them. Like arthritis, fibromyalgia, that sort of thing. So it's like, what's the point of me coming in? Because it's not going to change. So here's the question. What if we could get you a 20% improvement <coughs> in the quality of your life? Yeah, well, that's what I do normally say. It's about that's improving it. your quality of life, managing the pain, so that you can do a lot more things yeah. than that. I did, right I, absolutely. Say, it's right? to slam it down their throat. So it's this. To have, oh, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm very sorry to hear that. And, I'm, and, and something I would encourage you all to do, congratulations for calling us today. Congratulations for calling us today. You've just made a wonderful decision to call us. So many people call up with fibromyalgia, so many people call up with arthritis 10 years later than they should have done. We hear the story all the time. Thankfully, you've called us today. Now, you're very true. We're not gonna be able to fix arthritis. For me to tell you that we can fix your arthritis or your fibromyalgia, I would be lying to you. We cannot do that. However, we've heard this before, and the thing that we can do, and the thing that people usually want from us, is to improve the quality of life. Just tell me right now how bad it is on a scale of one to mm. 10. Eight, great. Well, what if we could get that down to six? Would it, would it be worth the investment if we could get that down to six to, to, to allow you to have an extra walk along the beach to be able to sleep at night instead of waking up through the night in agony? Would it be worth giving us a chance to see if we can get that for you? So you're not now promising the world. You're promising just, and, and by the way, that's all they want. And if you commit to the if you commit to that conversation with them, because that's the one they know is the truth, they're not going to bed on a night going, I wish I could find a cure for arthritis, because they know they can't. They know full well they've accepted that. What they wish they could find is an extra 10 or 20% quality of life. And I taught this to companies I've worked with who are in uh, neurological, so kid, the kids have got cerebral palsy. So you see their ads, you know, the, the, their ads are dreadful, and I'm like, no, like, you've got to talk to the parent. The parent wakes up every single night in a cold sweat wishing that they could get something for that kid that would improve the quality of life by 20 20%. That's it. If you start talking to them about all sorts of shit and they're going to walk again and whatnot, you're lying to them because they know that they know that that's not possible. They've accepted it. But what they know or what they hope is that they can find an extra 10, 10 or 20%. And it's the same here. The, 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 the key point is that you're truthful and you acknowledge the situation that they're in. Absolutely. Now look, you might think you're going to waste two or three hundred quid if we can't you know, fix the arthritis. We're not going to do that. But what we might be able to do is get you to a point in your quality of life that's significantly better than it is right now. And my question to you, Mr. Patient, was, would be this. Would it be worth 
committing two or three hundred pounds to at least try and find that out? Because the answer is yes for them all. They will. And if you lead it that way, would it be worth you investing two or three hundred pounds to at least find out? Don't wait ten years to find out that you could have you could have got this from us. Now I'm going to reiterate: we're not promising you a cure. We're promising you a good chance at improving the quality of life. And if our physios don't think that it can help you, they'll tell you. You you'll have to decide between you which what that quality of life looks like. It could be getting up the stairs. It could be going on the beach. It could not round here, but it could be you know whatever. Right? It's like that type of it's that type of conversation. But what what's in that conversation is certainty and honesty, and that's what they buy. It goes yeah. back to the thing. They're not, bad. they're not stupid, they, they smell bullshit like mm. everywhere, and they get it everywhere. Yeah. I, was a, a, I taught a guy this in North Carolina who was doing workshops, and um, he said, he said, oh, I keep getting people asking me, uh, so North Carolina is very sleepy, multi-generational ill health, like false beliefs, they've all had the same doctor, you can't get them to go anywhere else, very religious, if I've got back pain, it's because like it was meant to be, it's like that, very serious, right? like in some small towns there, right? Which there are in England and there are, you know, all, all over the world, but specifically over there. So these people are very negative, very, uh, you lie to me, but this is wrong. This is going to go wrong. It don't matter if like the winning lottery ticket was on the floor, it would be like, I can't touch it. It's that type of mindset. So I'm saying, what are you saying in your workshops? He's like, oh, I'm promising them back pain relief. And I'm like, why? Why are you promising a 65 year old lady who's had back pain for 25 years, relief from back pain? She knows she's not getting it. And by the way, she don't want it at this point. What she wants is a 10 or 20% improvement in the quality of her life because that's what she's resigned herself to thinking that she needs. Next time he did the workshop, um, the same you know, classic guy or woman puts her, puts her hand up and goes, oh, you know, um, you, you're sat here promising me relief from pain and I've tried this, this and this and this and, and nobody's ever been able to fix it. What makes you different? She literally is like, what makes you different? He said, what makes me different is I won't lie to you and tell you that I can fix your problem. What makes me different is I'll focus on getting you a 20% improvement of the quality of life, which if we do that means you can do this, this and this. And she went, where do I sign? Where do I sign? And it, and it changed all of his workshops, all of his conversions. He stopped bullshitting and just started going, this is the truth. This is what I think I can get. And if you're honest and you're integral, they'll buy. And even at the end, if they don't get the relief that you were, because you were honest, and because you were integral at the start and you didn't bullshit them, they'll still be your friend. They'll still refer you and they'll still say you're amazing and they'll still say you're lovely people and they'll still look for any reason to come back and see you because not many people are truthful. Yeah, I think that's right. It's nobody hard. Nobody wants the truth, right? Nobody wants, I, I go around, I, I, completely. They, they also want somebody to tell them as it is and that's yeah, the hard thing to, to yeah. do. Again, you know, most of what I do all day is I, I just, I'd literally do this. I'm like, I know most of you think it's like, oh, whatever, and it's not, my parents taught me this, like, fine. This is the truth, like, this is the reality of the situations. People either love it or they don't, and I'm not, I'm not really bothered, but my, my business is built on going, that's the facts, that's the truth. It's, I'm not gonna bullshit you. I can't fix, you, you might think I can fix your business, but here's the news flash. If you've got ill discipline in your life and your spending and your, you know, whatever else, and you're aggressive with your staff, I can't do anything to help you. If, you, if you've got basic disciplines going on in your life, I can probably help you. But don't come at me after a 15 year shitty business with 15 year crappy whatever, thinking that I can fix this overnight. It's, it's like, it's not gonna happen because most of the problems are, are you and, 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 and that's the way I speak to people. 
and I, they, they go, oh, I really like this guy, or I, I don't. I was like, great, piss off, go and see somebody else, because that's the truth. Mm. Same with patients, that's the truth. I'm not getting sucked into your world of uncertainty. The minute you pull me over to this world, I'm finished, and I, and I, I couldn't live in it ever again. But people want it, believe me when I tell you that they're desperate, desperate just to get certainty. What's just happened in elections? I don't need to point out fucking Brexit and whatever, it's a joke. It's a, it's a, the whole thing's a, a joke, whether you're in or out, it's like, it's a mess. But in the end, people are like, sod it, I'm just done. Just get it, just get it done. Mm -hmm. I, I want the certainty back in my life. That's all, that, that's all people want in here. Does that answer you? It's, I think it's, well, I think if they downloaded the PDF or something like that, it shows they want it. So like they're, they're looking for something, so yeah. they obviously have some hope in it. But yeah, they're, they're, they're often great. Um, we realised a long time ago that people will take your PDF, and one of their excuses that, that for not coming in will be, oh, but but oh, nothing can be done. No, nothing can be done to help me. And at first they used to go, oh, all right, and then we're like, well, why did you take the PDF? The very fact that you took the PDF you must have something inside of you that tells you that something can be done. Mm. There must be a sneaking suspicion somewhere that something can still be done. Otherwise, you wouldn't have took this PDF. Think about it. Yeah. If, now can be, if, if now can be done, I'm not taking a PDF. But if I'm looking for it, and I, I wouldn't be taking it. It's just protection. Again, you've got to just, oh, this happens all the time. This happens, this is how you speak, this happens all the time. Don't worry, I know you think I'm going to sell to you. I know you think I'm going to sign you up to loads of shit that you don't need, and I know you think I'm going to fill your head full of whatever, but I'm not. Fine, if you're telling me there's absolutely nothing wrong with you, then cool. Can I just ask while I've got you? Is there something wrong with you? No. Are you sure? No. Are you sure? Okay, maybe. Maybe a little bit. How much is a little bit? Well, not that much. How much is not that much? Well, it hasn't been that, that long. It's only 15 years, and um, I mean, the morphine helps, and the, you know, the wheelchair to get to church does make a difference as well. Oh, right, like three seconds ago, you had no pain, you've never had back pain in your life, now you're in a wheelchair. That's, this is real. This is the truth of how people speak to you. Yeah. It, of course it is, they're, they're full of shit, they're full of crap. The first 10 minutes is full of crap, what anybody tells you, the second 10 minutes rhymes with the first 10 minutes, and the last 10 minutes is actually where they start to tell you the truth. Listen to all of your conversations. You go home and have a problem, you've got a problem, mama need to speak. The first 10 minutes you give a load of bullshit about what you think happened. The next 10 minutes, it kind of rhymes with what you've just said and whoever else you blamed. And then in the last 10 minutes, it's like, yeah, actually it was my fault and I did screw up and I did do this, this and the other. And she goes, yeah. What did your mother do? Nothing except listen. Like, you know what the problem is. You know that you ought to blame. And if she just lets you speak, you'll talk yourself into the bloody, you'll talk yourself into the answer and hopefully you won't do it again. Or is that just, that just me? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same with patients, let them talk. They feel, so, which is why back to in here, the, the quicker you get them comfortable, the faster you can get them comfortable with you, which is why the books and going out and little shock boxes and giving them a call on the day, can't wait to see you tomorrow, any special requests, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that is magical. We're, we, from our planning meeting last week, that's the one thing we're reducing. If you're a first-time patient, you're getting a call 24 hours before. Even if you booked it on the Tuesday, your appointment's on the Thursday, we'll call you again on the Wednesday. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Uh, do you know where you're coming? Do you know how to park? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to see you just confirm again what is it you're looking for great yeah I'll pass that over to Paul you know Paul will start that conversation with you tomorrow Paul opens the door nice to see you Vicky tells me you're, you're here for whatever it was you, you spoke about 
that's how I'll say yes to a plan of care because I'm certain that you guys get me more than anything. You've got to keep speaking in this room regularly, whether he's here or not, about these patients. Make them feel good, make them feel celebrities. What can you do to improve their, oh, this is amazing, great atmosphere, you know. Right, even simple things, we should write their name on business cards. Circle it, bang. Now it's not just the appointment card, it's their appointment card. It's got their name on it. Like tiny things make the difference. It's customer service plus real understanding of who yeah. these people are. Who, who are you? Where are you? How nervous are you? Very. How frightened are you? Very. How reluctant are you to be here? Very. Everything's against you in physio. Everything's. I've got to be at the dentist at, at 2.45 today, right? I, I really don't want to be there. But why am I gone? I'm gone because my mum's been taking me since I was every, every six months or whatever it is. I have a habit. I don't have to think about it anymore. I just need to go. First sign of tooth pain or whatever, Tim, I'm coming in. First sign of back pain, I'll leave it. <laughs> First sign of, of foot pain, I might YouTube it. I might get some cream. I might, I might do some stretches. That's, like, that's my stretches. It's like, that's what you're dealing with. If you understand that and you keep speaking about it, you get more confident because you understand who people are. The, the excuses they give you are hilarious. The, the things that they tell you are hilarious. They ex they're all the same that they're all the same problem, just a different symptom by and large. And the more that you spend time speaking about it, don't take any of it personally, step out of it completely. It's a great, it's a great business to be involved in because you can really help people. But you help them up here before you help them, before you help them here. And if you don't have them up there, you've got no chance. It's painful for them all the way through. All the way through, there's no certainty, there's no confidence and they're just like, <sighs> and then that's why you get that irony. If they're coming out, Patients are coming out, I'd be talking to my staff going, you need to kick their ass. If a patient comes out here and goes, I only want one or two sessions, I'd literally want you to go, what went wrong? What, what went wrong? Some, did, did, did we not explain it? Did, did you not feel certain? Get back on the phone to him today, because he does not have a clue what he's just signed up for. Mm. He's telling you that he doesn't have a clue by not joining the, the thing. He's not. If you buy a TV, do you say, well, send me the plug first. Send, then send me the aerial. Then send me channel one. Then send me channel two. And if channel three works, I'll have channel four. Or do you go, Amazon, there's the grand, because I know when I stick this thing on the wall, NCIS comes on. You know what you get. Anybody who doesn't know what they're getting, they'll buy it in parts. To help. Happy? Confidence between yourselves. Keep talking. Keep these events. Keep these little. Be open. You can't screw it up. And it's better to, to role play it between each other than fuck it up with the patient. You know, don't be frightened. And if you're all together as a team, you want each other to win. You want each other to be better. And, I, and I've got it into my head, my team's head. I, I want you to enjoy your job. And enjoying your job really comes with understanding what you're doing. And really, if you don't understand the, the beast that is the individual, you'll never enjoy it. Because you'll always be like, oh shit, I don't get on with him. Oh shit, he looked at me the wrong way. Oh crap, he, he said no. Oh, I like them, but I don't like him. <gasps> when them lawyers come in, I don't like them. And you know, when these football guys come in, I'm all right with them, I can talk to them. You can't do it, like that's 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 because you don't understand the people that, you, that you're dealing with. So the more you speak about them, um, the, the easier it is to, yeah, oh, he's so-and-so, 
all right, here we go. I mean, just play the game with how we, however he wants you to speak to him. Like, or her speak to him. Some people like silence. Some people don't like silence. Figure it out. <gasps> he didn't speak to me. Well, maybe he just doesn't like talking. That was a classic. It took me years to realize. It's like, oh, oh th th that person doesn't like me because he doesn't want to speak. No, he just doesn't like speaking. He just wants to sit in silence for 29 minutes. Great. I'm sitting yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, and some of them do. Don't. But but some of them just think, oh, you're going to be miserable, so I'll just get my phone straight out. There's a there's a fine. And why wouldn't it? Because the dentist that they've just been to, it was a complete load of crap. Where I'm going to in the next hour and a half. I, I'm serious. I walk in, private dentist. Who are you here for? Well, the same fucking guy I come every fucking time. And I've been for the last 15 years. What's your name? What's the same name you asked me six months ago? What do you want? Well, the same fucking thing I wanted six months. Like, the same tea I asked for every time. I'm the same guy who sees the same guy and you keep asking me who I am, who am I here to see? Like, nothing. Nothing. She doesn't even know how many kids I've gotten out. And I've been gone for years. Like, it's, it's frightening how bad it is. Frightening. How about it is. But from a therapist's point of view, like if you have someone that's not really wanting to talk to you and they don't really like I have a few people that, that kind of they come in and they're quite nervous and they just sit and look at the floor and they talk to you like this, how would you, you know, get more out of them? Stop talking about the thing. Right. And start it's gotta start in here. So it's ideally you've found something out about them that like there's a holiday coming up or they're a Huddersfield fan or a Halifax fan, whatever. Or Bill tells me about his grandkid. Come on in, tell me more about your grandkid. What's he called? Oh great, I've got some nieces or kids or whatever. It's like, oh cool, did he wear the strip? Yeah, yeah, great. The more you can get them talking about themselves before you talk about this, they don't know how to talk about this. Okay. But they know how to talk about themselves. And your job becomes tell me more, tell me, cool, where, where are you from? Oh great, you know, blah blah blah. What did you do at the weekend? They know what they've done, they don't know what they're gonna do. Okay. So go back. Yeah. And it's usually about seven questions, is the truth. If they haven't opened up after seven, they're not gonna. Yeah. It's the same in here. We, I, I train the staff on seven prompts. Do you want a cup of tea? No. You sure? No. Come on, I'll have one with you. Oh, go on then. <laughs> they didn't get thirsty in the last one second. They don't really get the chance to not talk to me, to be <laughs> <laughs> Seven, it's about seven. Seven questions, about themselves. The kids, grandkids, holidays. Sainsbury's Park and traffic, Brexit, whatever shit that they want to they speak about. Oh, tell me more. Tell me. And that's my favourite phrase in life. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And they just, they just literally, they, they just keep talking. Okay. Then you have to go, okay, we better, we better get on. <laughs> and then they go, that was great. Can I come back? It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, they just spoke about themselves for 25 minutes. Why wouldn't they want to come back? It's like, right, I better shoot because I've seriously got an appointment at... Uh, one, one, uh, 2.45 at the dentist. Pleasure. Thank you. I'll be back in a little. Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.